I don't know what it is, but uh, when we turn 16, a milestone for many of us is that we get our driver's license. Um, and uh, I, I know when I turned 16, I was so excited about getting my driver's license that I got my driver's license and I was driving down the road and uh, there was an accident about 150 yards up in front of me and I was gawking and I slammed into the back end of a car in front of me. I had my license all of about an hour. Um, and uh, so it, it was exciting, but at the same time, it was like the reality of, oh, this thing can actually do damage, and, and uh, I can do damage, and there's all these other things that I thought, oh, I'm going to be free to do whatever I want, and whenever I want, however I want, and my dad was like, yeah, now you're free to pay gas, now you're free to pay for the insurance, now, now you're free to, to pay for the plates and obey the law, and uh, all of these other things, oh, and get a job so you can pay for all those things, and I'm like, and I, and I really, you know, he's like, I don't think free means what you think it means. And uh, I was like, yeah, I guess that's a reality that I hadn't thought about. But he's like, have fun. Enjoy. <laughs> and then I went out and smashed my car. Great. And it was a lot of fun because we went to the dump, the dump or the, the uh, wherever the, to get car parts and, and uh, the junkyard. And, and I got this uh, front end. I had a 78 Olds Cutlass Supreme. And we took off a pink one off the front of a car that was in the, the junkyard. And I put it on my car. So I'm a 16-year-old young man driving around with a pink front end of my car. It was great. My friends made sure I knew all about that. Why, why wouldn't we want our driver's license? I mean, I, I know some people are afraid to drive. I won't, I won't name any people, but I know some people that are afraid to drive. Um, why wouldn't we want our license? I mean, when we think about it, there's so many, yes, there are responsibilities. Yes, there are things that come along with the license, but why wouldn't we want it? Because there's so many pluses. Just ask Jim Brown. Um, there's so many pluses. Jim, Jim's not being able to have his license because of a, a heart issue, and he is chomping at the bit to get it back. And uh, so you guys be praying for him because he's supposed to have a doctor's appointment at the end of this month and figure out if he can get that license back, and I know he's excited about it. And, and, and so why wouldn't we want it? We, there's so many good reasons. When we think about, when we think about the supernatural, we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, while there's responsibilities and relationships with the Holy Spirit, while there's things that happen in our lives as a result of the Holy Spirit, why, why wouldn't I want the Holy Spirit of God in my life? Why, why wouldn't I want to have the Holy Spirit of God in my life? The short answer to that is, is that, that there is no reason. Everything that we can think of, there, there's really no downsides to having the Holy Spirit of God in our life. And I love what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. It says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Turn to somebody and say, Freedom. And you could even say it like William Wallace, freedom, you know, something like that, um, you know, whatever. But say it to them, freedom. Think about that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why wouldn't I want the Holy Spirit of God? There's freedom in a relationship that we would have with God as a result of the Holy Spirit being in our lives. The problem is, is that we have got to be careful about how we define freedom. 
Because too often, what we do is, is, is instead of looking at the Word of God and, and, saying, and looking at it and saying, okay, this is what the Word of God says about this freedom, I want to put into, into it my own two cents, my own, my own definition of what freedom in Christ looks like, what freedom in the Holy Spirit looks like. And so today what I want us to do is, is to look at this whole idea of being free, what does it mean according to the Word of God, and allow the Word of God to be our teacher, and the Holy Spirit, through His Word, be the one to speak into our lives. So if you would, turn. there's two chapters I want you to turn to in two different books. One is Galatians chapter 5 and Romans chapter 8. So if you would, turn to both of those, uh, put a marker in the Romans 8 one, we're going to come to that in a little bit. We're going to start off in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Again, thinking about freedom, thinking about what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be free? Well, I want to start off with what it does not mean. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. There, there's other versions that say, instead of opportunity, it says, as license for the flesh, as license for yourself. So what is, what is freedom according to the Word of God? What, what is it? It is not living for yourself. Now that, that, that should shock many of us because we live in a world and in a culture that says if you really want to be free, you need to live for yourself. Do what you want to do when you want to do it. Define whatever you want to define the way you want to define it. And that will make you free. And, and the Bible is clear. That does not make us free. Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. The Bible makes it clear that when we live for our flesh, that means death. That means separation. That means lack of peace, joy, all the different things that, that, that the world says will come as a result of your freedom. The reality is, is that we put ourselves into a place of slavery to our flesh, and, and it, it, it is not free. It is not freedom. It's sin. And where there's sin, that it may feel good in the moment. It may seem like a good thing in, in the moment. But the Bible makes it clear that sin, it seems good for a time, but it will bring destruction. And so, what is freedom? Freedom is not a license. It is not an opportunity for us to serve ourselves, for us to, to feed our flesh, for us to live for ourselves. And what's interesting is, is that, is that what we find here is it says, but instead, through love, serve one another. Last week, we talked about a verse, Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What, what's interesting is, is that 
in the context of, of Galatians chapter 5, in the context of Gal- in Romans chapter 8, the context of Ephesians chapter 4, and really all throughout Scripture where we see the Holy Spirit of God in the life of a believer, what's interesting to me is it is almost always in relationship to other people. It's almost always in relationship to other people. And notice even here, Paul writes, he says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, but don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but instead, through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you, if you don't, verse 15, if you don't, you will bite and devour one another and watch out, that is going to consume you. So, so what's interesting to me is, is wherever we see this, freedom in the spirit, freedom in Christ, so often it is referring to our relationship with other people, the way we act, the way we talk, the way we react, the way we think about other people, the things that we say to other people, the way that we, we look at other people, think about other, all those things have to do with freedom in the spirit, but not freedom to devour one another, not freedom to bite one another. That doesn't mean literally, by the way. Though I guess I would not, it could be that too. Some of y'all, any of y'all biters when you're kids? Come on, raise your hand if you worry. Just be honest. It's okay. Uh, no, that's not okay. We shouldn't do it. Kids, don't do that. Um, we don't, we're not free to do that, except we're living in a culture that's all about that. Let, let, me, let me destroy you with my words. Let me tear you down with my actions. Let, let me, let, if you don't agree with me, then, then we must hate each other. Like, I, I don't know what planet we're on but, or what life we're living, but, but I don't know of a single relationship on this planet, including my wife and I, and we love each other and have been together for almost 30 years, where she and I agree on everything. Does anybody else in here agree with every single person in their life about every little thing in your life? Does anybody? Because I would love to come and just sit next to you because I don't understand how you do that. Yet, we live in a world that says if you don't agree with somebody, then you got to hate them. That's hatred. No, that's just life. And I, but the problem isn't that we disagree. I think the problem is, is that how we disagree and we, man, we're all about biting and devouring one another. And what's happening? It is consuming us. It is destroying our lives. It is destroying our, our country from the inside out. You look at every, every nation, every empire of the world that has ever been known, and you know what's happened to every single one of them? They have not been destroyed from without. They've been destroyed from within. And it starts from within, and then it moves outward. And then, yes, some army comes and takes them. But it didn't happen until after they've destroyed themselves from the inside. I don't know about y'all, but, but I know that reality is true even in the empire of myself. Things don't destroy me from the outside. They destroy myself from the inside. We've talked about this before. We're our own worst enemy. We talk to ourselves all the stinking time. Or maybe I just do, and the rest of y'all don't. I don't know. 
But I know I talk to myself all the time, talk myself out of stuff, talk myself into stuff, stuff that I shouldn't do, stuff that I don't want to do. And there's things that come out of my mouth. I'm like, why did that come out of my mouth? And, and or thoughts that are going through my head, and it's like, what is going on? So freedom isn't about living for self. Freedom isn't about tearing others down. Freedom isn't about, isn't about doing all those things. Yes, we will grieve the Holy Spirit. Why do we grieve the Holy Spirit? I love what, uh, we, there's two theologians that I'm going to quote from. One is uh, Sinclair Ferguson, who, who Jane is doing a study about the Holy Spirit on Mondays with our ladies. And here, here's what he says about this. The same Holy Spirit who dwelt in Jesus is in us. As we think upon this, we should never respond to another Christian with disrespect. We should respond to them with joy, grace, and encourage them. We should be ashamed about the malice, in other words, the, the anger and strife that goes on at times in our churches, the lack of humility, things we say to destroy others' reputation that almost verges on blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Treating someone who has become the temple of the Holy Spirit as an idol or a temple to be destroyed, we shouldn't focus first on what the Holy Spirit means to me, but what does the Holy Spirit mean to the Lord Jesus and what we mean to the Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit radically transforms our lives in church so that outsiders say, how on earth is this happening? Because heaven has come down and the spirit of glory has filled our souls isn't it glorious to be a child of God? And then another theologian who happens to come to our church, Kevin McGill, uh, says this. The central idea of the Holy Spirit is in all of us, making us a family. He's grieved when I sin against a brother or sister in Christ, not just because it offends his holiness, but because he feels sorrow over the hurt I am causing them. When I refuse to forgive my brother, when I act spitefully toward him, the Holy Spirit is grieved because he loves that brother. When he sealed us for the day of redemption, he didn't just seal me, he sealed them too. In fact, we're sealed together as part of the whole body of Christ. And we're all becoming a people for his possession and a temple for his glory. So what it's not, freedom is not, I get to rip you apart because... You said something that hurt me. Freedom is not, I get, I get to tear you down because I don't like something you did or you said or whatever. Again, what it's not, it's not a license for us to do what we want. And it's interesting to me because it always seems to be in relationship to other people. And, and I think I know why because... Notice he quotes verse 14, you shall love the Lord, or you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Where does that come from? Jesus. Jesus even said it. What, what, are the, what are the greatest command? What's the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So there's something deeply connected with the way that we treat other people and our relationship to God. Even, even the Bible says, if you say you love God, but you hate your brother. You're a liar, and the truth is not in you. What truth? The truth of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, is not in you. If you say you love God and hate your brother. So what does it mean to be free? 
What does it mean to really experience freedom in our lives? Look at verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit, and by the way, this doesn't say the fruits. The idea here is of a cluster of fruit, like a cluster of grapes. All of these things are together and should be evident as a direct result of the Holy Spirit in our life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Anybody else getting convicted in here? Oof, patience, not a good one for me. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. What is, what is free? Freedom in Christ, freedom in the Holy Spirit is that these fruit would be evident in my life. In relationship to other people. That, that I would be, that I would be an instrument of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control to others around me. And, and so I need to ask myself, am I free? Are you free? When you think about your life, are you, is that stuff oozing out of your life? Maybe oozing is not the best word. Maybe, maybe uh, woo, it's like, ah, there it is. Um, oozing is kind of like, I don't know, kind of gross. Overflowing. There we go. Thank you. Whoever said that. It's like water, ice water on a hot day. Dumb. Are you that to others? Again, your, your body, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your soul is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in you. If you have a relationship with Jesus, then the Holy Spirit of God is in you. And these things, these fruit, should be coming out of your life, overflowing out of your life. I like that because Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the idea of being filled is that it's overflowing. Overflowing. So, are those things overflowing? If so, that's an evidence that you might be free. Number two, notice verse 24. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Simply put, what, what is happening here is, is that an individual says no to sin. No to my fleshly desires. No to, to my fleshly longings. No to what my flesh would want me to do in a situation or in a circumstance or whatever it is that I'm facing. I'm willing to say no to, the, to, to that flesh. No, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm saying no to my flesh. If you would, turn over to Romans chapter 8 real quick. Romans chapter 8, verses Five through eight. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot Please, God. So you want to know if you're free, if you're able to say no to sin. 
Now, I'm not saying that you're perfect doing that all the time. But do you find yourself more saying no to your flesh or do you find yourself saying more no to God? I mean, we just read, if you're living according to your flesh, you're going to feed that flesh. If you're living according to the Spirit, you're going to feed the Spirit. One leads to death. One leads, leads to life and peace. One leads to being hostile towards God. One leads to not being able to please God. So in your life, do you find yourself crucifying, as it says in Galatians, crucifying my flesh with its passions and desires? See, the, the thing about the Holy Spirit is, is that when you and I put our faith and trust in Jesus, we get all of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The problem is, is the Holy Spirit doesn't get all of us. And so we have to, over time, that's what the big word sanctification is, growing in my faith, learning to surrender my, my flesh, my desires, my longings, my passions, surrendering those to the will of God in my life. Am I doing that? Are you doing that? You want to know if you're free. Freedom is going to lead you say no to the flesh. Driving by McDonald's. Some of you are like, stop it right now. Don't like you. Driving by McDonald's. I want a double cheeseburger with bacon on it. And I can smell it. And I know this is not good for me. Well, are you growing in your ability to say no to the bacon double cheeseburger. Especially, especially if it, the Holy Spirit is convicting you of it. M maybe it's time to give it up. Y'all think that's crazy. I'm, I'm just saying the Holy Spirit of God can work even in that. Maybe there's something, again, I'm just using that as an example. Some of y'all are like, dang, yeah, that's exactly what I struggle with. I get it. I do too. Are you able to say no? Number, number, number three, notice verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, if we live by the Spirit, that means to be alive, to enjoy life. Am I enjoying life? I'm not saying everything in your life is going great. I'm not saying that everything in your life is just awesome. I'm saying, do you recognize that every day that you breathe, every single day that you get up, every moment that you have is a gift from God, and I'm going to use it to honor and glorify him no matter what's going on in my life? Am I willing to serve him? Am I willing to say yes to him? Verse 9 of Romans chapter 8. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Are you glad to be alive? Are you glad, God, thank you for this new day that you've given me to be able to serve you? I don't know what's coming my way today. I have no idea what's going to happen. I, know, I have no idea what curveballs or what roadblocks or what hardship is going to come, but I am going to live for you. Count it pure joy, my brothers, when you endure face trials of various kinds, knowing that they are for the work of maturing you in your faith. I am glad to be alive today. 
I am glad that I get to live for him today. Because the reality is, once I was dead in sin, but now because of what Christ has done, I'm alive in him. I had no plan. I had no purpose. I had no peace. But now God has given me purpose, plan, and peace. And that's what I want to live for, no matter what's going on in my life. Are you glad to be alive? That may be, that is an indication that you're free. Oh, I'm excited about today, whatever it is, whatever's going to come my way, even the hardships. Now, that doesn't mean, and again, I'm not saying that you've got to be all like, all the time, happy-go-lucky, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. Is there an inner joy in you that's bubbling up and over and going, man, thank you, God, for another day? Then lastly, the end of verse 25 says, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. What does that mean? That means, are you saying yes to the nudging of the Holy Spirit in your life? A couple weeks ago, I shared with you a story about a lady in our church who said yes. So awesome. The other day, I was, I was outside of my house. I was walking in, and someone pulled up, and uh, they stopped right in front of my house. And they're like, PJ, PJ, PJ. And I'm like, and, you know, going into the house. And they're like, come here, come here. i got to tell you a story. I'm like, sweet. So they backed their car up uh, so they weren't in the middle of the road. That was good. Um, and, uh, and so they, they told me this story, and they were like, I was at, at work today, and I had an opportunity to, to be uh, a, a vessel of the Holy Spirit today for somebody, and, and somebody was going through a hard day, and, and I said, hey, can I pray for you? And they prayed for them, and they shared scripture with them, and, and they were like, and, and I have, this is so awesome. I felt the Holy Spirit of God moving in my life, and I'm like, yes! Now, I didn't do that then, because I probably would have scared the individual, but... Um, I, I turn around and I'm thinking in my mind, yes, this is what I'm talking about. Saying yes to the Holy Spirit of God as he moves on your soul to do whatever it is that he calls you to do. Because it may not seem like a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to God. And he can make, I mean, think about this. He makes and uses the small things of life to make big, big things happen. And that's the God that you and I serve. And so why wouldn't I want to say yes to him? Are you finding yourself saying yes to God's nudging in your life, God's leading in your life, no matter what it is, no matter how crazy it is, no matter where it is, maybe God is leading you to literally Timbuktu, Africa. Oh God, please never let me go to Timbuktu. Well, maybe he's leading you to go to Timbuktu. And he wants you to go, and you're, you're being resistant. Listen, if you're free, you're saying yes. Now here's the deal. God may close that door. Maybe he opened that door just to see, are you for real? Are you, are you sure you want to follow me? Because I, I, I want to take you and I want to do things in and through your life that are beyond what you can even begin to think or even imagine. Why? Because the spirits at work in your life. So are you willing to go? Yes, Lord, I'm willing to go. Yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. See, see. Are you finding yourself saying more and more and more, yes, Lord, I'm willing to do what you want me to do? Man, let's, let's just be honest. He asks us, I mean, you can see it in the Bible. Hey, Noah, build an ark. It's going to rain. It's going to what? 
They didn't even know what rain was. But it hadn't rained on the earth by that time. And he's out in the middle of a desert. You want me to build a what? An ark. Because you're going to get on it. There's going to be a lot of water. I'm going to flood the earth. And I'm going to save you and your family. And a whole bunch of animals. You want me to do what? It, and it took him 120 years to build it. Y'all, if it took me 12 hours, I'd be done. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, Joshua. See them walls around that city? I want you to go and I want you to march around that thing and I want you to blow a bunch of horns and scream and all the walls are going to come tumbling down. Huh? Say what? You want me to do huh? Yeah, that's what I want you to do. Hey, Mary, uh, I know that you're young and you've never, you know, you, this whole thing's weird, but you're going to get, you're going to be having a baby here soon and I know you've never been with a man, but he's going to be Jesus. He's going to be the Savior of the world, the Messiah. Hey, Mary, you, you, what? You want me to, huh? Can you imagine? What if she said no? No. Hey, Jesus, I want you to die on a cross for the sins of the world. And I'm going to turn my back on you. And I'm going to pour out my wrath on you. Aren't you glad Jesus said yes? Are you free? Are you free? Would you close your eyes, bow your head? Worship team's going to come. They're going to lead in some songs, and or a song, and uh, as they do, if you're feeling like, man, I need, I want to pray with somebody, I, I, I want to talk to someone, I'm whatever, there's going to be people down here at the front, there's going to be people at the back, the whole reason that we're down here is just to pray with you, not to judge you, not to shame you, not, not to throw the, the, the Bible in your face or any of that kind of stuff, we're just here to help you, so are the other people that are around you, that's what being the church is, is, is that there's other people around you that may be like, you know what? Turn to them, talk to them, ask them to pray for you. And if you're feeling a nudge from the Holy Spirit to pray for the person next to you, then do it. Tap them on the shoulder and be like, hey, I really feel like God is wanting me to pray for you. Can I pray for you right now? And if they say no, just be like, okay, cool, I'm going to do it anyway, underneath my breath. Um, I don't know. I don't know what he wants you to do, but I want to encourage you to say yes. Be free. Say yes. God, you're good. Thanks for your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God, help us to not just act like we're free. Help us to be free. Help us to live free. God, thank you that you made a way for us to be free. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Let's stand. Let's sing.